Welcome to Change Your Mindset Podcast, where it's all about believing in and executing on different and innovative ways to strengthen both your leadership and communication skills to help increase your success, and especially in today's disruptive business environment. One of the most effective ways of building stronger leadership and communication skills is by embracing the principles of improvisation. (laughs) Yes, that's right, improv. Your host, Peter Margaritas, is an improv virtuoso. He's also a certified speaking professional and a CPA, also known as the Accidental Accountant. Each episode of Change Your Mindset is designed to bring you different and innovative ideas, thoughts, and behavioral changes on a variety of differing topics, with the sole purpose of strengthening your critical soft skills. We may call them soft skills, but they are the hardest to master. And when we do, greater success and growth is the result. So jump in and start changing your mindset now. Let's start the show. Flipping the script, making it all about them and not about you, part one. This is an excerpt from Off Script, Mastering the Art of Business Improv. When it comes to the art of improv, the second city in Chicago is the gold standard. Learning with and performing with the Second City is downright exhilarating. It's an improv experience I've always taken very seriously. Ironic as it may sound, several years ago, I took a 32-week sketch writing course from the Second City in an online format comprising of four eight-week sessions. It was exhilarating and tough. As I began to develop my sketches, the instructor would provide me with this feedback. Quit trying to be funny. And what's the relationship with the other characters? It took me a bit of time for me to learn how to develop the relationships. And even then, I was still coming up a bit short when it came to the human connection. The feedback I received on a couple of my sketches were, Pete, you need to build the relationship with your characters so your audience can empathize. The difficult part of developing empathy for my character was that I had to understand how they felt. What it'd be like to actually walk in their shoes. So I had to create a backstory for the character so I could better understand their world, empathizing with their feelings and experiences, and imagine how I would feel if I were in their place. That was a huge learning experience I still use to this day. I still often ask myself, what must it feel like to be them right now? How would I feel or act if I were in their shoes? So ask yourself, how many times at work When faced with an interaction that has high stakes in terms of project outcomes or interpersonal relationships, do you take at least 30 seconds of contemplation to imagine what the other person is going through? Or how might your experience at work and in turn the experiences of the people around you be transformed through these moments of empathy? 30 seconds at a time. Now, don't take my word for it. Look around and you discover dozens of remarkable leaders and scholars singing the praises of empathy in the workplace. Jeff Colvin, Fortune Magazine's senior editor at large, is one of those leaders in his 2015 book entitled Humans Are Underrated, What High Achievers Know That Brilliant Machines Never Will. Colvin argues that as workplaces evolve and leadership models change, the most important skill that leaders must possess is empathy. He goes on to say that women will have more leadership opportunities than men because they are much more empathetic than men. And you know what? 
I happen to think he's right. Some might argue that women in most regions of the world have been socialized to hone their empathy skills. And the data and the stories from the business world demonstrate how empathetic female leaders are setting the bar for all of us. In an article published in the Harvard Business Review, after a survey of 6,000 leaders, Jack Zinger and Joseph Folkman revealed that based on our data, direct reports, what leaders who are able to pivot and learn new skills, who empathize with employee development, even when times are tough, who display honest and integrity, and who are sensitive and understanding of the stress, anxiety, and frustration that people are feeling. When it comes to a crisis where human lives are at stake or when human suffering might be on the horizon, women leaders are more often far more decisive than the male counterparts in doing what is necessary, even if it's not easy and not popular. Perhaps the talent for empathy translates, in these cases, to stronger, swifter decision-making. You might recall that at the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, world leaders were being scrutinized closely as it related to their efforts, for better or for worse, to flatten the curve, to ensure that the number of SARS-CoV-2 cases that required hospitalization didn't outpace the number of hospital beds available to patients. And time and time again, we saw countries with women leaders like St. Martin, New Zealand, Norway, Iceland, Germany, and Taiwan put their citizenry in lockdown more quickly and that COVID cases rates in those countries were quickly managed, at least for the time being. Empathy versus sympathy. We have all signed with heartfelt concern a sympathy card for someone who is mourning a loss. And if you're like most people, you tend to use the term sympathy and empathy in overlapping and interchangeable ways. But there's a distinct difference. And not to confuse matters worse, most sympathy cards are really empathy cards. So what is empathy? Empathy is the ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes and actually feel what they feel, not what you think they feel. Empathy involves feeling grief and pain when and because someone else is feeling it. The empathetic friend or coworker feels your frustration or anger or exhaustion when your car breaks down on the way to work or when you're passed over for promotion because of internal politics. That might be unfair. Every single day in our role as leaders, we encounter situations where empathy would serve us and others well. It always matters to be thinking and saying, I feel for you or I appreciate where you're coming from and that is awful or amazing or exciting or scary. But when it comes to most situations where empathy is important, is it always the case that we truly do empathize? No, it is not. Usually we miss the chance for empathy because we're too busy or too rushed. We're not present. Our egos are in the way or we're too focused on projects and deadlines and sales figures to be thinking about and feeling for the humans who make our organization possible. Often, we simply don't take the 30 seconds the occasion calls for. And many times when we say we empathize with someone, we may just be sympathizing with them. What's the difference? Consider what Michael Miller presents in his article, Empathy versus Sympathy. What's the difference on six seconds, the Emotional Intelligence Network? Miller delineates the two terms like this. Empathy means experiencing someone else's feelings. It requires an emotional component of really feeling what the other person is feeling. Sympathy, on the other hand, means understanding someone else's suffering. It is more cognitive in nature and keeps a certain distance. 
Sometimes when we sympathize with others, we try to help them find the proverbial silver lining and make them feel better. Sympathizers go straight for, look on the bright side, instead of pausing in the emotion to feel it, even if it is hard. To show empathy, you must be vulnerable, authentic, and put your ego aside. It's about making a human connection and not just pushing the conversation to conclusion so you can get on with your day and get back to work. Being vulnerable is putting yourself out there for others to see. It takes courage and it takes time. Far too often, leaders feel that being vulnerable is a sign of weakness. And I disagree with that attitude. Being vulnerable is a sign of being human, authentic, genuine, and honest. And by being vulnerable, you create a stronger human connection. Isn't that what great leaders do? Make meaningful and authentic connections in my life and in my career. The men and women that I've considered to be the strongest leaders have been the ones who exercise vulnerability to the point of excelling at it. Thank you for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.